0: Welcome to another episode of the Sexuality Scale Project podcast. Happy that you're here. This is the second pre-pandemic episode I recorded, which I lost and then I found. In this episode, we are talking about abortion, morning after pill, hormones and depression, great, long, loving relationships, how free sexual health clinics are so, so important. And that adulting is sometimes really hard. You're still me. having me as well. I guess. <laughs> um, how are you today? Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm good today. Good to hear. <laughs> um, well, why don't you introduce yourself? What are your name, age, um, how long you've been in Berlin? How do you identify? Okay, so
1: I'm Stephanie. I'm 29. I've been in Berlin for two years. Um, and I identify as straight. I guess. Okay. Straight with, you know, other things. What is straight with other things? (laughs) So this is why I don't really like... Labels? The labels, yeah. So, I mean, the majority of the people that I have been with um, are male, but I have had sexual experiences with female. And, yeah, I've enjoyed them just as much or more as other experiences with guys but i seem to lead towards guys
0: if you hear a dog breathing in the background and that's guy, mm-hmm. um who whom i will not be interviewing today <laughs> i'll leave that for another podcast <laughs> like animal animal tidbits okay so you're like um a more uh, st- leaning towards straight bisexual yeah exactly, exactly. um so you've never been in a romantic relationship with a woman at all, Mm-mm. I would assume. So no. it's just been sex. So yep. then you're definitely a bisexual and straight romantic Yeah, you really want to leave
1: Perfect. It. Thank you. Right. <laughs> I've been looking for that for well, years. Well, that was the podcast. We're <laughs> done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So how, how have your two years in Berlin been dating-wise?
1: Um. So I would put one thing out there in that when I came here I actually ended a relationship that I was perfectly happy in um, and I would say it was probably one of my strongest loves Um, so coming here was quite difficult to then get involved with um, you know other experiences when I wasn't really finished with the last you know
0: Was that here, that relationship? No, it was
1: back in the UK. Okay,
0: so it was back in the UK. And how long was that relationship for? Uh, Two
1: years. Um, So it wasn't that long. Like, I've been in a relationship for seven years uh, before that. But this one was just... Yeah, it was just the strongest connection that I'd had with someone before. But it was also... I guess it it was... Was it messy... It wasn't even that messy, really. We were just very strong characters and we knew what we wanted and we knew that a long distance was not going to work for both of us.
0: So you didn't want to stay in the UK? No. You came to Berlin very consciously. You yeah. made a conscious decision to move here. Yeah. It wasn't a job, it was really just...
1: Um, I looked for a
0: job here. Yeah.
1: So I moved when I got the job, but I was consciously looking to move. But mm-hmm. at that point, he had also gone traveling Um, and I kind of realized that I was really relying on him to for my happiness in the UK and I just sort of thought I'm not sure if that's okay and moving to Berlin had been put on hold after I'd met him because it I think it was about four years I'd planned to move to Berlin and then you know I met him and it kind of yeah got put on hold. So it kind of got to the point when I realized he wasn't around, how happy I really was in the UK and realized that I wasn't going to be able to do the things that I wanted to do in London, especially.
0: Right. Um, okay. So after, I mean, it, it's kind of sad when you break up a relationship, I think, for any other reasons than falling out of love. I know. Yeah. It so makes it very yeah. hard. So um, I could sympathize with that. Um, been there done that yeah long distance is hard i've also been in long distance in a very good long distance relationship yeah Uh, the distance was stockholm amsterdam and um it for a while it worked really well for us yeah but then you have to have the liberty and the freedom i guess also with work to really make that happen yeah um to be able to spend uh, at least a week together every month yeah. is a luxury.
1: I mean, it could be quite nice, you know, like the, you know, you have the the certain amount of time doing your own thing and like uh, moving forward as your own person. And then you really have time to dedicate to that one person, right? When you do see them. Um, but the thing is, um, he didn't really know what he wanted to do we can hear Sky having a drink. Sky's having a drink. So we have a drink now. (laughs) Um, So yeah, he didn't really know what he wanted to do. He'd come back from travelling. And I think what he did know is that he wanted to move move around with his work. So actually the long distance for us would have been me moving away and he would have probably been travelling about. So it wouldn't have been long distance Berlin-London. It would have been long distance where is he gonna be in the right. world at the time are you exactly. still in touch uh we were for a really long time and then I uh, kind of realized that I couldn't I wasn't managing well enough um every I would be fine and then I would get like some music from him or just a little message and it would just send me into like a two-day spiral of constantly thinking of him again and I've now that we're not so much in touch I don't I don't think of him as much and I'm slowly being able to possibly see myself with someone else or, yeah.
0: So have you been seeing other people since you moved here?
1: Yes. Getting myself out there again, I guess, because I had really, or not, or or not. (laughs) So I had really, I was in a seven-year relationship and then I was in a two-year relationship and then a two-year relationship. So it was really... I had always been with someone from the age of like 14 either, maybe with like a a year in between each one or something. So this is the longest that I've been single in a really long time. Um, And when I got here, I went on a couple of dates and I think it was more so to cover the fact that I was missing my ex. Um, First guy actually i think if i had met him now maybe we could have gone a little bit further but i wasn't ready to commit at the time it was too early in me kind of having this split moving to berlin i wasn't there enough
0: yeah you um, need and to he, focus on yourself for a little yeah bit.
1: and he definitely wanted more um than i did so unfortunately that kind of cleared up but that was a really nice little just the first you know um relationship if you could say um that I got involved in when I got here but then after that I just kind of went downhill from the dating game for me (laughs) what do you mean downhill just not very good experiences to be honest okay
0: okay we'll get we'll get
1: back to that in a
0: little bit you said you had been in relationships from the age of 14 right so then it was a seven-year relationship from the age of 14 already yeah that's quite impressive. Yeah. So tell me a bit about... Um, I always ask about the first sexual experience. How did that go? Um, was it good or not? Or was it intimidating? Tell me about your first sexual experience. And was that with this person of seven years? Um, actually, no. I know. So I was... No judgment. I was too young.
1: The, my first sexual experience, I was too young. Way too young. Um, I was... I just turned 14. So when I met my boyfriend of seven years, I think I was just turning 15. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I was 15 actually. Yeah. Cause he wouldn't have been, cause he was actually a year younger than me. So I would have been 15 really? when I met my seven year boyfriend. Yeah. So I would have been 15 just turning 16. Right. And my first sexual experience with, with, um, a boy and I had just turned 14. Yeah. Um, and he was actually 18, but I had lied and said I was 16. And yeah, so he actually didn't, that wasn't really his fault. That was my fault. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> oh, it was really funny as well, because we found out our ages. Um, because it was his 18th birthday and his parents invited my parents. Um, and they got talking. And uh my dad was like, yeah, well, I'm a bit worried about Steph because she's that little bit younger. But I think, I won't say his name, is very lovely and I trust him. And, you know, I think you're a lovely family, blah, blah, blah. And his mum was like, this is 18th birthday, you know, like she's 14. We thought that she was 16. And that was yeah a bit of an intense time for my family my mum and dad they kind of they were great though they actually let me continue to to date him but it was very monitored and um but obviously being kids you always find a way don't you so Uh yeah so I I definitely wasn't ready but at the same time No, he was actually very drunk. I remember wanting to stop and he was just like, no, I'm fine, I'll recite you that my ABCs backwards and started doing it. And I was like, oh, this is the worst memory ever. (laughs) (laughs) But actually it made me laugh and he did, he was fine. We stopped and, you know, we actually didn't again after that. He was, you know, very respectful of that. Um, Until... Yeah, we broke up because then we were long distance. He lived in Cornwall.
0: Oh, really? And I lived
1: in London, yeah.
0: But did this happen in Cornwall? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because my vacation. family live, lived
1: there. Ah, like, yeah, so we go down there a lot. Or we used to go down there a lot on right. half terms and summer holidays. we have been together for six months. But that feels like forever when
0: you're a kid. Okay, so then you met the seven-year relationship. Yeah. yeah. But as for your first experience... I mean, it, didn't, it doesn't sound like it was mind-blowing. Not really, you know.
1: no. I've, I really got into um, having fun, enjoyable sex when I was... I'll say his name because he's lovely and we're still friends, but James. Right. He was... He We were... Um, we had such a great relationship. Seven years of just, like, pure love, to be honest. And growing with each other and helping each other, to just turning to the people that, I guess, are still a big part of our personalities today mm-hmm. um it was a great relationship but we just yeah seven years at that age like I got to like think I was 22 when we broke up I wanted to go traveling and do things and he just that just wasn't him um so we yeah different we went interests. our set yeah mm-hmm. we did start to have different interests so I started going out a lot more with my new group of friends he started a business at the age of like 23 and it is still going amazingly well like today um he was a very it was so funny because he always was the one that skipped school never came into school got told off smoked weed really early on was in a band got in trouble a lot and then he turned 22 23 and he was like nah and then just changed his ways and then I think I went the opposite way and wanted to go out and party and travel and yeah like it was like we swapped but
0: so you would say that that was a good, solid relationship, growing together, and good sexual. Yeah, 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 definitely. Were there in between the next person? Yeah, you had a two-year relationship with. Uh, yeah, were there like one-night stands or flings in between um, that? Yes. Yeah, just your
1: abso- Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Letting your hair down is the nice way to say it, I guess.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Like, if that's your thing, like, go for it because being free yeah. to do that, yeah, exactly. feeling good about it. Yeah, I think there's a, too too much stigma on women um, having casual sex anyway. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, had fun and learned some stuff and yeah. <laughs> of course, I think with every new person, you learn something. Yeah, exactly. also about yourself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, you sold your wild oats? Yeah,
1: sold some wild oats. Um, I met, I had some quite bad experiences during that time as well. Like, I actually fell pregnant. Oh,
0: wow. Um, How old were you then?
1: So, that was like 22, 23. Actually, sorry, I've got my timeline wrong. I, I, okay, so I've had two little wild oats stages. So, that would have been one after my seven-year relationship and then i had a two-year relationship
0: and there's another one there
1: uh yeah so that's in the middle right and then after that i had another year of like wild oats again right and that's kind of the point where i fell pregnant um and yeah i had an abortion but the guy after so very unlucky for me i or he called it off um, I was very, I was actually really upset. I really liked him. And then he was very young. He was, he was only 18. Okay. And I was actually quite a bit older by this point. Yeah. So, it wasn't, yeah. yeah it wasn't so, and, bad. and he, uh, like, he, the, the, the way that it ended was all very, like, just, an eighteen year old ending a relationship basically right. and I was also super frustrated at myself that I'd even expected anything different, you know. Um it was actually my boss at the time that was like, Steph, I think you're pregnant. I think you need to go and get checked. How uh, so? She's like a She's like, she's like a witch. Psychic, like, you yeah. know, with uh, her like crystal ball and all her gold and like, and she was always preempting things, you know? And her dog was following me around the studio and she was like, Steph, I think you need to go and get a pregnancy ah, test. Yeah. So, cool. um that actually put me in a really bad way for a really long time mm. the, the uh, i think ab- abortion is people don't talk about it enough and i don't th- and i think when you get it done it's way too casual and i don't think it's explained to you i think you should actually be offered some sort of support for, mental yeah for when it happens after because i would say that put me aside for a good four years Really,
0: really, yeah,
1: really long time, and I think it's because I also am quite a maternal person too,
0: right? So, do you think that people expect when women go through abortion that they're getting support from their friends, family, or their partner at that point?
1: I think a lot of people are afraid to tell. Um, like, I didn't want to. I told my sisters and I told my friends, but I didn't. It's not like I wanted to tell. Um, I didn't want to tell my mum or my dad because I, because I knew that it would really, really, really worry them to be honest. And I knew that it was something that I had to do. And, um, I just didn't want to put my, especially my mum, she worries. And I didn't want to put her through that. And my sister was super understanding, um, cause she knows my parents well, I guess. Um, So I had a lot of support, a lot of support um, with the people around me. But I didn't know what to expect. I didn't, I mean, when you, I was like two months in as well. So I was definitely there, you know, with the hormones and stuff. And it's literally, your body's preparing for, um, to be maternal and to have this thing. And it's taken away from you. And then the hormones are just left there. And it goes, and then I I really struggled with it. It went. I I really got really, really,
0: really low after, and I think. Did you go to the doctor? Did you say like I just had an abortion? I, had, I did.
1: I feel like I didn't really realize it was happening to me at the time, hmm. and it wasn't until like maybe two years later, after I realized I'd got myself into this situation where I was so unhappy, that a lot of it stemmed from that
0: hormones so. have such an impact on us and i think people underestimate oh god how they much you really do they do, you know, like people joke about PMS, but I know, yeah. It, just like, oh, you're just on your period, and it's just like, do you want to try? <laughs> like, it's just sometimes it's just terrible. Give it a
1: go and see how you deal with it. <laughs> yeah, and for every woman, it's different. Yeah,
0: I don't understand why there's so sh- so much shame I know. and secrecy in the world to talk about these things. I I'm
1: I'm so open about it now. I don't care if I make anyone feel uncomfortable. No, like if don't, I'm don't yeah. give a shit about
0: making them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Make them feel uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Like that's, I think that's the only way for people to start actually thinking about it. Yeah, so it makes exactly. Them feel uncomfortable. I yeah, think that's a good thing. For four years, damn. So, how did you kind of get that, get out of that?
1: Um The boyfriend that I was talking about before I moved here, he helped me a lot. Okay. He made me feel. um because I think by the time it had been maybe four years of me really going into this thing, I think by the end it was, it stemmed, it started from the abortion and then it went into something else. I think once you get into a depression, it can offer, it can lead into, there are other aspects that then make you... Um, depressed or you know it kind of snowballs basically there's lots of different things and you you become unmotivated you become you know the smallest things are difficult to you know say you owe money or something like this you can't open a bill you can't open a letter or you know and lots of things it just snowballed and I became you know it was weird because I was very functioning in my day-to-day life I did really well at my job and I was moving up in my job I kind of started as a assistant ended up as kind of the manager before I left um but I realized I was working up in this job that although I loved it after eight years I was there for eight years I just I didn't really enjoy it anymore and I and I was just comfortable you know and too scared to step out of my comfort zone and that wasn't me I'd never been that that person and I started to really hate myself to why I'd become this person and I didn't understand why it took me a long time to realize where it had stemmed from and what it had become um but then I met my ex and he he was just great he it was funny as well because he didn't believe in depression I really had to explain it to him he really thought it was just like a like a a way of thinking you know and I think until he met me he didn't really realize actually what it was about and
0: yeah you have no control over it
1: yeah exactly so and he was just great he really helped me and got me out of it and yeah and then when he went traveling I think that's I was he had made me so happy and he would made me feel confident within myself that I felt confident then to actually really make changes um yeah it was just a shame that I ended up losing that person who helped me get out of it but it but
0: I, I do believe that people come into your lives for a reason for a journey yeah, 100%. you know i think sometimes it it's not meant to be forever yeah and, and that's and the, the that's most beautiful
1: fine. thing with this relationship as well i'll never look back, of, back on it with like any sort of remorse mm-hmm. um or regrets mm-hmm.
0: and yeah even yeah. i mean i wouldn't be doing this podcast project if my ex hadn't broken my heart yeah exactly for sure exactly and
1: i, I yeah i mean the my, the boyfriend that i was talking about that was in the middle um he was bisexual and then actually towards the end it turned out that he was def- he was like steph i'm gay like i'm definitely 100% gay and i was just like okay
0: right wait, 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 wait. Ha- i know
1: i know that's a new story for you. Yeah. I've just slipped in you just there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like a
0: plot twist if I heard one. Really? Yeah. yeah. So that was another additional layer of surprise. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. So, and that was super hard, but. I loved him so much and I knew that he'd been going through a lot of hardship during our relationship. My relationship was very much me reassuring him in himself, in his life, in the things that he was doing. And then it all just kind of made sense to me. Because for me, I felt like, how much love can I give him to make him, you know, feel confident in himself? And then at the end, I was like, this is quite nice. I know that he was going through this and he's come out of it and now he can finally be himself um and we're still so close like he's one of my best friends and also he's in an amazing relationship um with another amazing person and he's just finally happy and he just went through so much Mm -hmm. it was very difficult because I loved him but then at the same time it was an amazing outcome for him so yeah
0: but I think when you really love someone you don't want to be egotistical and keep them to yourself. Of course. Like you want them to be happy. Yeah. So whatever they are. And outcome it was just as hard for him is, yeah. as it
1: was for me to end it. You know, he always said to me, I don't know if I'm ever actually gonna love a person as much as I love you and that's what's messing me up here. And I was like, Well, you've gotta go find out. Obviously after falling on the floor in tears. But
0: yeah, <laughs> <Very> <laughs> I mean, you know, love is so beautiful, but there's also so much crying and pain and depression and not eating or too much eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That comes with it. Yeah, exactly. Drinking. Drinking. Excessive drinking. Hiding. Oh, goodness.
1: I I think the main thing that I always found with, um, you know, uh, relationships, like heartache, I guess, is... um, it, it knocks your confidence a lot. Um, and I, I was always very worried about, you know, the next endeavor. I was always... What do you mean the
0: next endeavor?
1: Well, I always got super panicked. Like, oh, I'm going to have to do this all again with someone else. And da, da, da. I think only until this year that I came to Berlin. Yeah, starting over. Yeah. Oh, right. It made me realize, like, well, you don't necessarily have to do this with someone else. Like, you can just chill. (laughs) That's fine.
0: (laughs) No, but I do, I I do understand the doom and gloom of, like, having to go on that date. And then you're going to have to... Tell that person all about first yourself kiss. again, and That's then go. petrifying to me. The first kiss is someone a good kisser. Oh, you really like someone. My
1: face. It has to be next to their face, and also a kiss is for me. A kiss is what I give to someone that I care about and that I'm super passionate about. And there's always this um, kind of like what we were saying before we started. There's always this thing where you feel pressured to to if you're on a date to have a first kiss, and it's like for me, I actually feel like a lot of the time kissing can be way more passionate and involved and there needs to be more of a connection for me to enjoy it, you know, to enjoy a kiss. Mm-hmm. You can enjoy sex, you, you get pleasure from the act of sex. Kissing, yeah, it's pleasurable, but it's pleasurable when you do it with someone that you're connected with and you're
0: you, you know, you're super attracted to This with. is fascinating. Okay, new chapter. So you're saying that you find kissing, and I think a lot of people have this actually, that kissing is more intimate mm-hmm. than just sex. It
1: than, can be. Than the
0: act of sex. It can be, yeah. That's why I think a lot of prostitutes don't want to kiss. Yeah, right? 100%. Yeah. But um, so let's go to a one night stand that you've had. Okay. Tell me about a one-night stand that was amazing. That was amazing. Um, Because then kissing. I want to hear about the kissing. This is out of... This was back in the UK.
1: Um, And um, he was actually a friend of mine. Um, And we... Emotional connection. Emotional connection, yeah. And it was just really fun all laughs, giggles. It was amazing sex as well, because he was just good at what he did. Um, and we just, Why was it good? Because I think he probably did it quite a lot. In fact, I knew he did it quite a lot. That yeah, was, but he must have known what to do. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, I mean, I guess he was just, well, I guess if he is experienced, then he knows how to pick up on signals, I guess.
0: See, that's a very important key. Yeah. It's secret to, yeah. the, to to you know
1: understanding. Because with
0: you know, with also two women. I've noticed not all women know how women work. Yeah, but if you read the signals properly, yeah, then you're good at. And
1: sex. if you're friends with someone, it's easy to be. It's you feel way more comfortable to tell them. Yeah, as well. I was just
0: going to say, was there communication?
1: Yeah. A, a tiny bit, but I feel like he he did pretty well on his own as well. Oh. <laughs> But I did feel comfortable to be like, nah, okay, let's switch up. I mean, this lasted for a good, like, six hours. Like, obviously, like, resting and chatting and then continue. But it was just like, and it was probably the only night where I've, you know, really done it for that amount of time where I've been like, okay, can we go to sleep now? Like, I'm really tired. (laughs) I don't know if I can do this anymore. It was just a good balance of, yeah... Just chatting, having fun, and having good sex.
0: Good. Yeah. Now tell me about a very terrible one-night stand. A horrible <sighs> so one.
1: So I recently... Well, I say recently. I hadn't had sex. Oh, this is a Berlin one. This is a Berlin one, yeah. Um, I really did... We really did just meet up. And you could tell that both of us um, were just ready to go have sex. Was it a
0: Tinder date or it was a Tinder date, yeah. Okay.
1: My least favourite of all the dates. Um, um I know this
0: is not visual, but um she just rolled her eyes when she said Tinder date.
1: Big eye roll, yeah. Big eye roll. <laughs> <laughs> um so we we went and had a couple of drinks. He was really nice. Um we got on really well. We laughed a lot. Uh we went we did just go back to his house really after a couple of drinks. We were quite drunk by this point. Um and he just it, the kissing was really nice and the floor the foreplay was actually really nice as well. He um definitely didn't just like go, you know, try and go straight in or anything like that. But this it he kept on doing this thing where every now and then he would be going at a nice pace, like it would be very sensual, and then all of a sudden it would be a really hard, like mm, i know sorry one time very graphic guy sorry but like a hard pound like a hard pound yeah and i i I would be like oh okay right so after a couple of times of that i kind of tried to hold him back um when i could feel he was about to do it just to give him the signal that like no this isn't very nice i would have thought he would have gauged from like my like vocal reaction I mean, what position we were you in? Was Be- so he was behind me, but we were lying on our sides. Oh, okay. By this point, yeah. Right. So it was a nice position. That's one of my favorites. But all of a sudden, he just hold me really tight and just like right, you know, that is real, so weird. real hard as well. Like I am not, you know, I quite like rough sex with the right person. If I'm connected to them and I can feel, and I feel like I communicate, yeah, but
0: one time,
1: just one time, every now and then, like da 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 da, boom la 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 (laughs)
0: like Like he was composing
1: yeah not very well that is so so weird though well it gets worse so um no yeah so we stop halfway because i kind of then turned around and was a bit like oh i need to like let's chill for a bit i think you need to calm down let's sit like have a cigarette whatever so we went and then we got back to it and we we had we carried on having sex and he did calm down a bit. I think he kind of realized, like, because I said to him, like, can you just be a bit more gentle? Like, it's been actually quite a long time since I've had sex, as well as I'm, you know, that's, that's hurting me basically. And he was like, I'm so sorry. Very apologetic. Anyway, we, um, continued to have sex again. And then he, uh, he came. I didn't, but that's also totally fine. Um, but he did, he, Came inside me, which was fine, but I realised after the, the this break that we'd had, he hadn't put another condom on.
0: Oh, shit.
1: Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, we already had this dis- discussion before that I haven't been on um, a contraceptive for a while and... I would like to use condoms anyway because I don't know you and you know. Oh, yeah, and you're totally fine with that. Um, some guys aren't actually. Some guys do roll their eyes at that, which I find super frustrating. Um, yeah. And then, and then, yeah. And this is another thing as well. Cause it's like, okay, so you knew that I wasn't on contraceptive. You didn't think about the fact to put another condom on. And now your comment is, are oh, we going to get the morning after pill? Do you know what the morning after pill does? You know, like it puts a girl, again, another thing that I don't think people really realise. It's another month of crazy hormones and your body's like, it's a false period. It's like crazy hormones. You Your period doesn't then regulate properly for a good month or two sometimes, depending on the body. And yeah, it's just another month where a girl has to go through just emotions hormones um ups and downs and it's just fine because it's just an easy little pill you know
0: yeah yeah so because there's that that i don't know that very loose just assumption of it's gonna be fine there's a pill for everything yeah, yeah. i'm yeah. like well, why aren't you taking the yeah, pill, not motherfucker? pill for you
1: guys <laughs>
0: i'm sure there are yeah. but they're just
1: not being sold um there is it is out there for for men they yeah. have created it but they don't know about the side effects and it's like do you know what the side effects are for I us i know we are literally the generation of guinea pigs for they only came in totally. in the 50s or the 60s or something when i was with my boyfriend before here um he was like steph if you don't want to take it do not take it we'll work out another way and we actually, I started using the, the flow app. Um, shout out to flow. I love you. Um, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I have a Our, similar one. It's yeah. amazing. I think it's like, we used condoms for like the two weeks that you are, uh, maybe or fertile. Um, and the other two times we just made sure that the other two weeks, I mean, we just made sure that he withdrew before. And yeah, that was dangerous, but it, it, it did actually last for. Um, two years and I was totally fine. And I think as well with him, as we were kind of like, you know, if we felt pregnant, pff, I'd be it would happy. Have been fine. Yeah, I'd yeah. be happy for it. And anyway. not
0: with a one night stand. No, of no. course not. No, so not no, no, no. with this guy. No, 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 no. So, okay. So, no condom. Yeah. Then there's the scare.
1: And then he asked me, um, after that, I was, I, you know, I was like, you can't do that. That's really out of order. And he was like, I'm so sorry. I, Didn't think about it.
0: Um, And. But how did you miss it though? I'm always curious about this because I don't obviously don't have straight sex. Well, so. So you're having sex with a guy. Yeah. And then you go back to it. So you took a break. Yeah. Which makes sense. Sometimes yeah. you have to pee. Also, yeah. ladies, make sure you pee after sex with men. Yeah. Super important. Super important.
1: I I had this quite recently where I, I needed to stop halfway through. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I need to pee. And he looked really shocked. And I was like, yeah, they don't show the pee breaks in porn, do they? He was like, okay, that's actually <laughs> hilarious. That's true.
0: <laughs> so important to pee. I always pee after
1: sex. Yeah. Um. But I mean, you know, I don't know. I should have noticed. You're right I should' have noticed no, yeah I'm
0: just, that's what I'm wondering like how like how like how sneaky can men like you know because I'm gonna blame the guy, obviously, but that's my bias yeah, to where he's like being sneaky about it and not showing or letting you know yeah. or um well, I will
1: uh give this guy the benefit of the doubt in that we had a break, we had a cigarette. Um I did go out and go to the toilet. I came back in. He was already in bed. We started, like, kissing each other. And he was on top of me pretty quickly before. Like, there was no foreplay by this second round, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, he put it in. And I don't think you can necessarily tell once it's in you whether you actually have a condom on. And he came pretty quickly, obviously, because he didn't have a condom on.
0: Right, so, and also he was probably... Was he still aroused when, when yeah he had by the, the break?
1: time well by the time I got into um, bed like, for, by going to the toilet from going to the toilet he was like zoop, like yeah. straight on like you know yeah so yeah. he he was ready to go yeah he was ready to go so there could could have been the fact that and we were both drunk we were both drunk um, so yeah, that doesn't help yeah so there could have been that he forgot totally and I mean I guess you could call say that it was you know both of us that should have um you know but I just think if I was a guy and I knew that I was about to come inside a girl that could get pregnant from it
0: no 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 they don't think about that like but 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 you would think what what I would would, would prefer no but what I would prefer (sighs) I mean that they don't think about (sighs) but in the heat of that moment still what I do want men to think about so if there are any men listening, <laughs> what I do want you to think about is that also girls have STDs, dumbasses. So yeah, if so you true. do go in there without a condom, it might happen no that
1: you catch something. Especially if she's asked you to put a condom on. She might already know she's got one.
0: Yeah. Like, how dumb is that? Yeah. <laughs> so therefore, guys, just put on a condom.
1: Yeah, it's so worth it. But it's just, I mean, a lot of people don't want to do it. Funny as well, because I would say that I was not very good at this when I was younger. I had a lot of unprotected sex when I was younger. Um, I was did on the you pill. Ever,
0: did you ever catch anything? No,
1: I didn't. And do you know what's so funny is that I have definitely slept with probably three or four times the amount of guys as my best friend and she bless her after the third guy that she slept with caught something like how can you have slept with so many guys and not have caught anything and I've slept with three and I was like well that goes to show you just never know you never know yeah no I actually that's another thing that I find difficult with Berlin in the UK We have sexual health clinics and you can walk right in there. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's free. You don't have to. Everyone is always so nice. It's very lighthearted. It doesn't feel, um, you know, it's not an uncomfortable experience at all. And you go in there, you get tested for everything. You get HIV, absolutely everything. And you do it all there and you get your results back. And it's super easy and just... But it seems to be, I've never done it here, but everyone that has said to me, oh, God, I need to go get tested. It's going to cost me this amount of money for each one. Sometimes they say to you, well, you don't need this one, even if you want to, to just yeah, be make sure.
0: It, and they give you, I think from what I've heard, they give you an attitude about We're it have a as a rough well. time, yeah, about it. and, it, and Like and, as if you're some filthy animal. Yeah.
1: And I kind of think, well... That's not going to help the situation, is it? People are going to be worried to go get tested, and it's more likely that people just won't.
0: Yeah, I'm starting to feel like you know, we as women, um, no matter what your sexual orientation is, um, and also trans women, we need to do something about that. Yeah, in Germany. Yeah,
1: I I agree. I'd I be, I don't I'd, think that's... I would be on board to help. If I mean, I know for
0: the, for gay men, especially in Berlin. There's stuff there. I know in Cologne there's stuff there. Yeah, but yeah. I, I do think for women in general, yeah, like this stigma of like if we want to go have everything checked. Yeah, you know, yeah. like yeah, we can go to a gynecologist, but then still we get this attitude. Have you
1: ever been on any of the the women's groups on Facebook? And it is people are constantly asking me, please, someone find me a good friendly gynecologist, like. Please, and yeah. it's. It, I think it's at, that's also quite hard because, firstly, there's I don't think there's actually that many of them that people um, uh, go to and have like amazing experiences with. Um, and
0: well, the it's never that, really fun. Obviously. Well, of
1: course, it's never really fun. Um, but th- th- I th- more often than not, that like, I see these things where it's like, don't go there, this person's horrible, Da-da-da-da-da. and I'm like, what is I mean, I've never done it. I usually do anything like that back in the UK, and I'm, but I'm a bit sort of like, really, what's going on here? Like, am I missing something? Maybe I should go and see what's going on because, really, I've noticed so many bads.
0: It wasn't, it and... wasn't great in Amsterdam either. Yeah, I was traumatized. I actually had to go to a sex therapist for a year. Oh no! And get physical therapy. Oh
1: god! Mm. I just think it's bizarre that um, you can have in your profession be able to someone can just be like you know, straight in, open, need to do this, you know, th- your profession is to work with like humans in a very, very vulnerable yeah. state. Are you not able like maybe chat with them first or I don't know. Like there's gotta be something you can do to prevent
0: nothing. And I'm like, I'm a human being with a very sensitive vagina.
1: Yeah. Like, please respect that, respect that and th- know what job
0: you have, <laughs> you mm. know, like understand what your job. So there was another, another pregnancy. Oh, stage. right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But not as far as it, yeah, it was the morning after pill I went, which is, yeah. So, so you got that again, hormone. My friend Mary got that who I love. Thank you so much, Mary. I was really scared. It was really funny because she actually... that was here, right? That was here, yeah. Yeah. So she got it for me because I was, like, too scared to go. And she also, funnily enough, the same night had a a similar sort of situation. And she needed to go and get it. Oh, no. So we both... It was really nice, So she got two. She got two. But I was really... um, I was very upset about the whole thing. And so... And she obviously she's german she's like my best friend here as well she's like steph chill i will go and get it we'll take it together and have a cheers and go through it together and i was like oh god that's amazing <laughs> yeah well it's not amazing that it's happened to us but it's no it amazing that you <laughs> were there together. for each other yeah yeah, yeah. which you would have so, been anyways but... yeah 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 of course
0: so did she have a lot of complications or just feelings both of or... us
1: uh, That it just it just turns you a little bit crazy for like a does month it? doesn't it yeah it does yeah, you're very emo- I'd say you're quite emotional for like two, two weeks, and then your period is completely unregulated. Like, I think it it took me a good two months to get my period back to normal. I think it took Mary longer. She had like three periods in one month. Aww. Yeah, so it's not. It's just yeah, not very nice. Yeah.
0: Really.
1: So yeah, that was the worst experience I've had.
0: I'd say. With yeah. The so you've stand. never been. I mean, I mean, you've been in long relationships, you know, yeah. but you've had your single moments. Yeah. And you're single now. Right? Yeah. So wh- tell me about like a, like a bad, like. That hasn't treated me very well.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say when I was younger, I guess. Just not having, um, not, ha- not understanding what was right or what was wrong. You know, when you first start being sexually active, Mm -hmm. I guess, Um, like there was a a very short period, I would say, um, that I was starting to go to like gigs and things. Um, So this would have been after the first time I ever had sex. And then I didn't again, you know, but I had little uh, experiences just with most of the time older boys that would go to these gigs Um and they were band boys I was into sort of like my metal and my like emo music at that time you'd go to gigs get really drunk on a bottle of vodka with your friends before you go in and then the band members you'd be all you know oh they're in a band you know super excited but there were definitely times that are actually stay in my memory even now that I'm surprised don't haven't like affected how I am with sex at a later date really but like god I hope my mum doesn't listen to this it'll break her heart but just like I don't know you go to a house party and a guy would be like oh come give me head and you'd just be like oh yeah all right and you're because you're young and they're in a band and you don't know what's right or wrong at this time because you haven't had enough sexual experience and You you don't have enough. You're just like yeah. Well, everyone else is doing this now, so I guess I should do it. And then you you don't understand why you don't enjoy it, and the guys being forceful with you, like, and and that happened to me a few times. And I do think it was the probably the group of people that we hung around with. Mm -hmm. Um, There was actually uh, when it, it got out a little bit later that a lot of these guys were actually like performing like illegal sexual acts on girls that were way too young and they knew they were you know um
0: yeah because how old were these guys
1: they were they were old there was one guy took me on a date he was
0: 26 and And i would have been 14 14. so what is a what is a legal age in the uk uh
1: 16 okay yeah
0: yeah but i mean even that's still really young too
1: young it's too young man it's so it's way too young Because if it's, say it was 18, maybe you'd start thinking about it when you were 16. And then maybe you might be a little bit more, like, 14. When I think now of my niece that's 10, and I think of her... Four years from now. four, Four years from now, she's that, absolutely not. That is, like, I think I'm only just an adult, to be honest. So I'm 29, just an adult.
0: I I I think I've been I I think I felt that way when I turned thirty. Yeah, it's like, like now I'm. So grown there you up. go. Yeah. So I don't know. I yeah. think everyone's perception is different of yeah. when you're an adult. Yeah, exactly. And adulting is hard. Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. Like I think I have it down now, but. Adulting sometimes is very hard
1: when you're going I think, through stuff. Um, the, you're from the age of like twenty two to sort of like twenty six, twenty seven is actually a very hard period because you have a lot of um, like you feel like you should know by now, but you really you no. Don't. That's the moment you don't, that you don't that have you start to learning. Know by then. Yeah, yeah that yeah. is the moment that you start learning. And and you don't you don't have to know and you you feel like you should be somewhere or you should be doing something or you should, you know, and you make all that you make all your mistakes in the, in your twenties. So you think that you're making all these mistakes and you know you're doing all the wrong things. And it's like it's okay. Like you have to make these
0: mistakes. You know, totally. it's I think people have a fear of making mistakes. Yeah, you know, that is unnatural, anyways, because we don't learn unless we make mistakes. Yes. Yeah. that's the. And learning how to deal
1: with them, especially at that age as well, because you're you're not, you may feel like you're the most mature person in in the entire world, but you really are at the beginning of your life and it's okay
0: to not understand why you do these things or... I don't know, like I've always, like, I'm an empath, so I've always been, I always had this very different... Perception of the world. Yeah. And I felt very alien within my family. And I always had this big yearning for love. Yeah. I remember standing in front of my window and just looking out the window. I'm like, you know, and I knew I was gay. I knew I was gay when I was nine, but, you know, I kind of hid it. Be like, see somewhere out
1: there. Yeah. I have always, always, always just wanted, I've never been that fussed about marriage or children. I've always just wanted to have someone love me. As much as I love them, yeah, you know, like your person, yeah, my person, um, and yeah, now... but it's
0: funny because I don't think everyone is like that. No, they're not. So tell Definitely me, not. so okay, but that makes sense. You're like me. You're yeah, not, you're yes, yeah, serial yeah. monogamous. Yeah, but that makes sense. But you do have had your one night stands, and how it, how is it now? So dating now and having sex now, like, what is your, mm. uh, like. How are you feeling about it? Like, would you rather just not? Or Um, or would you still enjoy it? I actually had sex,
1: not last night, the night before, for the first time in eight months.
0: And... Was it a Tinder date?
1: It was a Tinder... Well, uh, it, it was a bit nicer than a Tinder date because I saw this guy at Boddingstrasse station and then I went home and I went on Tinder and this just goes to show the algorithms and the fact that they do follow your location and things like that. He comes up. No. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is really cool. That's this is a really Romantic cool. comedy. Yeah. It's really nice. So we literally planned to go meet. He, he noticed me at the train station too. Um, and, we were like, this is really cool. Let's meet up with each other. So we met up with each other and I actually had a really nice night with him. But I freaked out. Why? I had a little... I think because it's been such a long time. We went back to his and we were kissing and it was really nice and I was really enjoying it. And then all of a sudden I was like, went back to all these really bad experiences that I'd had recently. And I kind of like, yeah, just had a good three minute freak out in my head while we were kissing and then i just wasn't in it and i had to push back and just be like i'm so sorry but i i'm not i don't want to do this tonight and he he was shocked obviously as well because we had really had such a nice evening and we were kissing and it was really good yeah um and it just changed really quickly he then got a bit distant with me and yeah. i felt really stupid because i was like i I'm, I'm finding this really hard to um explain to you i don't want to go into the ins and outs of my you know bad experiences and and things like this so i then started getting very um lost for words and i really couldn't i felt like i really couldn't articulate myself at all and then we went and had um a cigarette came back in we were kissing again. And then I really relaxed into it and we had some really, really nice sex. Um, but then I think I made him feel really uncomfortable again because I I, I had to leave because <coughs> of my dog's car, right. So that sounds like such an excuse as well. So we kind of, you know, had sex. I'd already kind of stopped and then gone back into it again. And then he was, we we were kind of falling asleep and I was like... Oh God, I can't fall asleep. I have to get home to walk sky because I didn't walk her before I came out on the date, mm-hmm. you know, because I promised myself I wasn't going to stay, oh. you know, because I knew my past experiences with the one night stands, especially here have not, not, I don't think I've had one here that I've enjoyed. Um, not one. Yeah. So, and I've had a, why few, is that? I really don't know. I think it, it's a connection thing. It's, it's a, I, so, so, so tell me
0: about. Because this is usually my question. So you have your one-night stand. Yeah. In this case, it was a kind of freak thing that it was happened. Strange a
1: strange, strange, strange way coincidence. that it worked out, but it yeah. was uh,
0: good sex. It was good sex. Yeah. But, I mean, in comparison to having sex with someone that you are in love with or feel very close to, um, I, ha- I mean, I can imagine it doesn't feel the same way. Mm, so no. how do you feel afterwards? Um, most of the time, not very good. So why do you do it?
1: I know because I have it's I mean, I've spoken to so many women about this as well. And we all seem to have a lot of women all seem to have the same thing. You go a certain amount of time and then you're like, I really want the touch of someone else. And then you do it. And you kind of hope that for somehow, it will be different to the last time. And it's just not and I can't talk for every woman because some people really can detach themselves to sex but what I don't understand and I found it mostly in Berlin is it's either a one-night stand where you're so detached from the other person that I'm like do you you're literally just masturbating with me or they within like two weeks they're like I want you to be my girlfriend and it's like Where's that one extreme, extreme to the, the other bit. yeah like actually getting to know someone it's it's I'm I'm actually finding it very
0: frustrating <laughs> yeah well this is interesting of course I mean for me it's been
1: um, a year a year and a, a
0: year more than a year and a half um but that has a lot to do with my job or ex-job at this point um <laughs> i was so overwhelmed and i got so depressed yeah i i didn't have time for someone yeah either so i was just yeah. focusing on me i was focusing on my cat and so it's this feeling of guilt and that's depression. such a horrible feeling yeah. as well and i was like i need to i need to take care of her but i don't feel like i'm getting space to do so how the hell am i gonna fit a girlfriend in there Android i don't even know k- yeah so So I was very focused on myself for quite a while um, in the new job. So that makes sense, right? Yeah. But that yearning to be with someone, to have your person, that is always there when you're single. I already know, and I've always known this, it's not going to be filled with a Tinder date. And I don't think that's going to be the secret of my success, to fill the gap of what I'm yearning for. What you want, yeah. What I want is so much bigger. And I do think, like it it takes time and patience to wait for that and when it happens it happens but that's my romantic idea of how that works for me yeah and like you just said not every woman is the same but i also see and i find it a bit sad and toxic to try to fill that hole that you're feeling with a stranger with a stranger yeah <laughs> and a one night stand yeah and i'm what i'm fearing and i'm really from the bottom of my heart like, what I'm fearing is that it actually makes you feel worse afterwards. It
1: does. It does, And that's what I'm hearing. Yeah,
0: and I'm like, no, but why do you do it? Like, yeah. if it
1: makes you feel worse. And it also
0: gives, when we go and do
1: this, it also gives um, the other person who is, um, I mean, I want to say guys, unfortunately, sorry. Um, but it gives guys the impression that it's okay to expect sex on the first date. And this is coming for someone who does it. You know, and it's it, it's. But the thing that I find strange for me is that I've only just started really not enjoying it that much. Before I seem to be able to have fun and let go a little bit easier. But then saying that I never used Tinder, and this is since I've got to Berlin. It's the first time that I've used Tinder before, uh, or any dating app, to be honest, um, and. It's so funny because I've used it, I reckon, twice in, in, like, periods of time, you know? And then and every time I just delete it after. I'm like, why are you on this? I don't know. What are you doing? But then I also think, think that nowadays, I don't remember the last time a guy came up to me in a bar and said something to me. Like, I went to a bar no, the no, no, other no. night.
0: Because everyone is already used to... Um, being able to do it on their phone. Being on the phone. Yeah. Like everyone's super detached. Yeah. So my advice is do speed dating.
1: Really? I've never tried that before. I haven't tried
0: it either. What I've heard is that speed dating... Um, so the last, last podcast I did, she actually met her current boyfriend in a speed dating. That's cool. And See, it's nice it when you hear really the success worked. stories, isn't it? Yeah, and I think maybe, um, you know, if there's a need for it... I, yeah,
1: cause... so the guy that I met, that I saw at boarding station, I was, he said that to me. He was like you're so lucky that we matched on Tinder because then what, if not, like, why didn't, if you thought that I was attractive, why didn't you come over to me? And I was like, well, you thought I was attractive. So you could have come over to me because you were with a girl, even though it was your friend, which I realized after the train went because they high-fived each other. (laughs) (laughs) They like gave each other a high-five and then that was, you know, it was very friendly. And I was like, oh, totally could have gone over there, couldn't I? But I was on the same train as her, you know? And he was on the platform. So, and I was like, well, you were the one that was with a girl. But then, do you know what's really funny is I always go out with my gay guy friends. Like I'm, when I go on nights out, when I go to bars, I'm always with my gay guy friends because they have the most fun. And that's who I have the most fun with. So my friend Pepe even said to me the other day, he was like, Steph, every single straight guy in here is trying to get your attention and you're not looking at them and you're not like, this was a very small bar, but I'm not doing my own by the way. <laughs> it was a gay night as well. So there wasn't that many straight guys, but he was like, Steph, you know, you're trying, these guys are trying to get your attention, um, but you're not going to um, get their attention when you're with <laughs> me because you're all over me and we're very close and they don't know that I'm gay. And, and I was like, oh God, yeah, and I do do this every time I go out. Because I'm more interested in my friends than I am hooking up with people. The kind of relationship I want. I want someone to be my best friend and I want it to just be fun and comfortable and genuine. Your person. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I have my friends at the moment for that. So when I go out, I really don't pay attention at all. I'm really just focused quality time time with them and just like be stupid, dance around, get drunk, like you know do whatever we do on our night out but just like focus on that person so my energy ends up being very much focused on this on I'm my telling friends
0: you, speed dating breaking.
1: yeah i also feel like at the moment um even though i would love to find my person i haven't craved a relationship in the two years I've been here, I've just craved the physical side of it more, which is why I keep ending up in these weird little
0: yeah. But then that's fine situations, you know. But I mean, that makes me sad though, because then what you're doing is fine. Yeah, but then you still feel a bit empty afterwards. I'm just or something. not getting
1: that physical. Like <coughs> I'm not getting satisfied. Basically,
0: how is that though?
1: Because I don't think I will be easily really easily be that satisfied unless i actually have a connection with a person yeah see it's just it's so just you're more of a demisexual and, than I'm you going thought you were in circles basically
0: yeah. no it sounds like you you're more like if if we look at the spectrum like obviously you can have a one-night stand and that's easier for you than maybe yeah. someone else yeah but you are you are more of a demisexual 100 percent. and you're probably kind of you know, able to fight through that and and be like, I'm going to ignore that emotional connection. I'm not going to care that much about it now. Yeah. But in the end, that is something that you need. Like, then a fuck buddy with someone you have that emotional connection with yeah. would be a better Wouldn't, solution. That, do
1: you know that would be so ideal for me right now? <laughs> I would love that so much. But that is so hard to
0: find. That is. Really but then hard you shouldn't sleep with someone right away either. I no, think. you should get to know them. You yeah, should get course, to know them as of well. Course. Like no yeah. strings attached, but you know you've seen those movies. It always ends up in strings. Well, that's
1: exactly what happens. Attached. So again,
0: thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much. I'm gonna find you a speed dating evening. Okay. And I'll um, give it a go. Yeah. And uh, maybe till next time. Yeah. Follow up. Ciao. <laughs> <Jap. laughs> <laughs> The Sexuality Scale Project podcast is produced by me, Hannah Wolfe, in Berlin, Germany, and all of copyright goes to me. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.